0: Welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, where God is a hippie and I won't hear otherwise. I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And this week we are covering the 1999 staged version of Andrew Lloyd Webber's classic musical... Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. You called it a classic? (laughs) Is it a classic though? No. I don't think it got a full Broadway run. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, no, this is not Phantom of the Opera. And as far as the film adaptation is concerned, (laughs) I have one phrase for you, direct to video. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. But you know what it is? It's classic to us, isn't it? It really is. Before we get started, don't forget guys, Go follow us on Twitter at KICKNSTREAM. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at kicking and streaming podcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. Guys, if you haven't left us a review yet, please go leave us a review. Please give us your criticisms, your comments, your suggestions. Guys, it really helps us in the algorithm. It helps more people find us. God damn that algorithm. I know. Oh, it's the bane. <laughs> and guys, if you're not on the Patreon yet, if you're not a little onion at the five... Please head over and check that out. Guys, you really need to be a little onion at the five. We've got a lot of extra content coming your way on the pates. We've got, you know, long form content. We're doing television, maybe some stuff outside of the timeline and much, much more. Absolutely. It's going to be great. Again, I've said this multiple times. We need buttons that say absolutely (laughs) with our faces. (laughs) Making the face we do when we say "absolutely," like my face is in the B and yours is in the O. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> So may we return to the beginning. Yeah. (laughs) Genesis, the first installment of that series they wrote all those years ago. That series? Yeah. Oh, stop. What's it called? The Bible. Oh, yeah. Is that Tolkien? No. It's part of the legendarium, right? Ross Ross McDougal. Ross McDougal. (laughs) Ross McMichael. You have to call me Ross McDougal when you're scolding me now. (laughs) Anyway, yes, we are at the end of the first chapter of the Bible known as Genesis. I think this is chapters 37 through... The end <laughs> of the book of Genesis. Okay. Why don't we first talk a little bit about this story? Okay. Genesis, of course, tells us about the sons of Jacob. Yeah. And uh, the life of Joseph. Uh, Joseph was Jacob's favorite son. <laughs> um, Jacob had a wife named Rachel. Rachel was Jacob's favorite wife. Yeah. <laughs> and Rachel was like, oh, damn, this having children's thing is hard. Yo, Leah, my husband's other wife. Want to give it a try? And she does. And then, you know, Rachel's like, what's that famous line? Give me children or else I die. Uh Uh-oh. And so she takes her handmaid's. Bela, and Zilpah, and uh, they have more of Jacob's children for her. But the only children that Rachel actually bore of Jacob's 12 sons were Joseph and Benjamin. Yeah. Joseph ends up being Jacob's favorite son because Rachel's his favorite wife. And to show him how much he loved him, he gave him a coat of many colors and... Joseph was a dreamer. He could predict things and see things from the future, all based off the dreams he would have because they were messages sent from God. Yeah. A message from the Lord. (laughs) And you know, Joseph is what? Moses's uncle. Uncle or cousin, depending on how you look at it, because... Joseph's brother, Levi, is the father of Yoheved, who was Moses' mother. Who set Moses, baby Moses, in a basket on the Nile. Mm -hmm. Yeah, remember Prince of Egypt from the beginning of the month? (laughs) Guys, if you don't, go and listen. It was a good episode. It it was a good one. Obviously, this is an Andrew Lloyd Webber musical adaptation. We're not dealing with all, I say the facts, we're not dealing with the canon. Yeah, the canon. (laughs) The source material has been uh, uh, very warped. Uh, Very warped and very diluted in this staged adaptation of the Genesis story. You know there's only ten generations between Adam and Eve and Noah? Ew. In terms of humanity? Gross. Only ten generations. Ugh. And then a bunch more from Noah before you get to Jacob. This project has its own genesis. (laughs) Oh, you're fired. (laughs) Oh, you get to fire me now. (laughs) My how the turntables. My how the turntables. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, But 1972 (laughs) was the first time this project came together. And I mean, we've got Andrew Lloyd Webber, a decade before his most prominent. And we've got... Tim Rice? The Lion King, anyone? A credited Disney composer, Tim Rice. He collabed a lot with Alan Menken. Mm-hmm. We love love us some Alan Menken, don't we? Absolutely. But you know what makes the Alan Menken? The Tim Rice. It's a beautiful match, honestly. Tim Rice worked with Andrew Lloyd Webber on Phantom. Yeah. Uh, he did the stage versions of the... He helped with the stage versions of The Lion King, Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. Like, he used to do shit with Candor and Ebb and Fosse. Oh, like, oh Fosse,
1: Fosse, Fosse. <laughs> yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> I know. But in 1973, it went to the West End. It's. It didn't get its first shot at Broadway until 1982. Aw, oh, bless him. At the same time as Cats. What a time to be Andrew Lloyd Webber. I know, right? <laughs> And then four short years later, Phantom comes along. Good grief. Wow. Look at all the West End revivals. I'll say. (laughs) Hey, you know what? West End must love this. Because this might be the first multi-genre opera. Oh, God. Yes, yes, yes. Very, very fancy, very refined. Yeah, we do have, like, multiple genres in this soundtrack. Like, sometimes a lot of it's just regular old Broadway nonsense, but every once in a while we'll be in a Western number. No, I just think Andrew Lloyd Webber's having a lot of fun here. (laughs) He's like, I'm going to do a bunch of different shit and see if it meshes. (laughs) We're going to throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. (laughs) David Mallet directs. He also directed the direct-to-video stage production of cats <laughs> that we love so much as children. Hey, those are both of those are great staging. Great productions. I love that it's uh Cats was never meant to be a movie. <laughs> Stop, no, that's not what we're talking you're about. You're right, you're right. <laughs> you can't go down that road. If you're going to if you're going to make movies out of Andrew Lloyd Webber, you have to do stage productions and then film them. Absolutely. Because that's the only way they're coming out good. Thank you, really useful group. <laughs> Thank you, Polly you, Really useful productions. It had the Swiss Army knife as the logo. I remember. I, I, it, it was so soothing to me as yeah. a child. Because you'd pop in the, Oh, we wore that VHS out. Yes, we did. You'd pop it in the VCR. the
1: <laughs>
0: and then that really useful group logo would come up, and I'm like, oh, I'm about to have a ball. I'm about to have some fun. Because who could not have fun with the talent we have here today, with the music we have here today, with the staging we have here today? Guys, it's Just, I'm just ready to have so much fun. I'm so happy that we're talking about this right now. We Guys, we watched this over and over and over again. Like, it's just such a joy to watch. And the talent here is immense, which... You might have guessed it, but we've got names. I mean, a couple. <laughs> a couple of names. We've got some great names here. Oh, no, everybody's great. It's just <laughs> I know. It's not like Madonna's getting ready to come out. That's the other thing. The talent is great. The staging is, is immense, but at the same time, it's woefully laughable. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like... the height of camp. <laughs> I know. It's so camp. <laughs> all right. All right. Get into it. Get I into feel it. like we're strangers meeting each other and obsessing over the same thing we love. <laughs> k k k Alright, keep it going, keep it going, or we'll just wrist flap for the rest of the recording. Please welcome to Kicking and Streaming and his first and let's say only appearance (laughs) on Kicking and Streaming, (laughs) Mr. Donny Osmond. Guys, Donny Osmond is playing our titular character today. He's Joseph. I mean, is there any other person to play this role? (laughs) He does it really, really well. He does it really, really frequently. Really? Or at least he used to. Oh no, okay, one of my favorite pieces of trivia about this show, remember when Mask singer first became a thing. Yes, and you know, after a bunch of singers are eliminated, they'll start after performances introducing an item that has something to do with the person behind the mask. Oh yeah, I remember this. And based on the object, you have to guess who it is. And guys, the object for Donny Osmond when he was on the show was the wig he wore in this show. Uh, isn't that that's that's fucking amazing to me? And I felt like I was the only person on the planet who was like. That's the Joseph Wig! <sighs> He's from Utah. <laughs> As are the rest of the Osmond. He he was famous for being in the famous 1970 singing group, The Osmonds. Donnie and Marie. <laughs> yes, Donnie and Marie. That absolutely. I couldn't tell you any song by the Osmonds. (laughs) I couldn't tell you any singles of Donnie's or Marie's. It is a very, he does have a very famous singing career. We're just not privy to most of it. They're western Mormon teen idols. Ah, gross. Not the Mormon teen idols. (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, Donnie Osmond will just always be Joseph to me. Not, he's not even Donnie Osmond. You know who else he is to me? Hmm. The singing voice of Lee Shang. I'm sorry? Ross, he's the one who sings I'll Make a Man Out of You.
2: With, that coursing river, with all the force of a great typhoon With all the strength of a raging fire Mysterious as the dark side of the moon.
0: Am I giving you some news right now? I've never put that together before in my <laughs> life. I didn't know who sang that. Yeah. I didn't know it was a different singing voice than the voice actor. Okay. Please welcome to kicking and streaming Maria Friedman, who, I'm sorry, the most underrated performer of her time. Like, oh my god! I'd, and I'd never heard of her before this and I'd also never heard a version where a woman does the narrator I realize it's more common nowadays but it used to be a man I know the part's written for a man and like, she... but it should be a woman right? it really should she proved that it must be a woman there's only one other woman in the show and she doesn't sing well there are other women you know what I mean I do I do it's mostly <laughs> men Guys, guys, she's done Fiddler. She's done ragtime. She was Roxy. Yeah. In Chicago. She she's she was in Sunday in the park with George. Uh, the king and I. She's also notable for being Elaine Peacock on EastEnders. That's right. Which is a BBC program that neither one of us have ever seen. <laughs> she's an eight-time Olivier Award nominee. Oh my goodness. She won three times. Watching her as a child, I always thought she could either be either my teacher, my mom, or a really good friend. Yeah. You know what I mean? Someone you trusted. Exactly. Guys, we've got some other names here that are just absolutely whack. Please welcome to kicking and streaming Sir Richard Attenborough. You guys remember Richard Attenborough? He's been with us before. He was with us when we did Elizabeth, the Lord Attenborough, RIP. He passed away about eight years ago. Uh, his brother's David Attenborough, who does all the narration for Planet Earth. Yeah. We've talked about that before. Um, Go ahead. Bring up the fact that we haven't done Jurassic Park yet. because we you haven't done <laughs> Jurassic Park, which is what he's known best for. <laughs> He's the old guy in Jurassic Park. (laughs) What's the old guy's name? (laughs) (laughs) Richard? Is it Richard something? Doctor something? No, he's not a doctor. Uh, He's just a rich guy? No, yeah, he is just a rich guy. Mr. Hammond. Yeah, Richard Hammond. John Hammond. John Hammond! (laughs) 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 Oh, boy. Okay, he's Richard Hammond in Jurassic Park. He's kind of here to be a fixture, but we love him, and he plays Jacob today. (laughs) Please welcome back to kicking and streaming Mr. Robert Torty. He's been with us once before as the shitty sexist coach, and she's the man. When we did She's the Man. Oh, the one who thought that boys and girls shouldn't play on the same soccer team. When we were freaking out about him being Pharaoh and Joseph when we did She's the Man. That's a great piece of audio. I I love it. Bob's playing Pharaoh today. <laughs> I was wandering along <laughs> on the banks of the river <laughs> when the seven fat cows came out of the <laughs> Nile. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I like how I did his part, you did the girl. Guys, we've got the spirit today. <laughs> Please welcome to Kicking and Streaming, Mr. Ian McNeese. The only other thing I know him from is that uh, 2005 adaptation of Oliver with Ben Kingsley. I wrote that down. I'm like, he's in that depressing version of Oliver you like. Oliver Twist has asked for more. Never before has a boy asked for more. That's Ian (laughs) McNeese. But yeah, he's in British things. (laughs) Yeah, he was in a uh, staged version of The King's Speech. He played, you guessed it, Winston Churchill. Yeah, absolutely. They're always coming to him and asking him to play Winston Churchill because I'm sorry, he's Winston-shaped. I know. And I know he, he is. He's got the voice and he's got the look. He does it really well. He's been in Game of Thrones. Oh, no, wait. He is the Doctor Who Winston. Yes, he is. That's right. Okay. c k we do our research. <laughs> He's playing Potiphar today. Yes. But more importantly, playing Mrs. Potiphar. Okay, hold on. We have to make an agreement right now. Oh, okay. That we're not going to... Do we have to? Yes, we do. Okay. We're not going to sexualize the sexual predator. Okay. I know. It's Joan Collins. It's so tempting. (sighs) But she's a horrible person. Please welcome Dame Joan Collins to Kicking and (laughs) screaming. Yeah, no, Joan Collins is fine. It's the character that I don't like. This woman has been going since 1951. One of the oldest ladies still working, right? When they put her in American Horror Story, I was like, are we here? (laughs) We're putting Dane Joan Collins in American Horror Story? The camp of it. I I, I know. I'm going to say that so many times this episode, and I'm so sorry. Camp, camp, camp. Road to Hong Kong, subterfuge, Empire of the Ants. She played Pearl Slaghoople, Wilma's mother, in Viva Rock Vegas, because Elizabeth Taylor wasn't going to be caught dead doing that shit again. And guys, if you're from the 80s... <laughs> You'll know her as the quintessentially lovely Alexis Colby from Dynasty. Dynasty? Dynasty. I can't believe you just pronounced it that way. I just don't want to be a dumb American and say dynasty. <laughs> but anyway, Joan, welcome. We're glad you're here. If there was ever a soap opera. <laughs> I know. Uh, dynasty, man. <laughs> shoulder pads for days. Um, Please welcome Christopher Biggins. He's playing the baker today. Um, I love Christopher Biggins for two reasons. This, and he's an extra in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Is he really? Yeah. Oh, God you love can, him. You can totally pick him out, too. <laughs> like, during the time warp and everything, he's one of the groupies. Oh, yeah. He's one of the aliens in the castle. All right, let's get to your favorite guest star here. Please welcome to kicking and streaming Sir Alex Jennings, everyone. <laughs> I love him most notably in, you guessed it, Joseph the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat but- as the butler. But... I also love his portrayal of Prince Edward, Duke of Windsor in the Netflix series, The Crown. King Edward, the Nazi sympathizer? Yeah, King Edward, the Nazi, more like it. Mm. But he does him so well. Oh no, yeah. He's got David down perfectly. He's a, a, Alex is a great performer. Like, I don't know a lot of his work, but like, I know he's done like, My Fair Lady and like, he's done stuff with Royal Shakespeare. He does play Prince Charles in The Queen. Another Peter Morgan <laughs> Mafia. He, yeah, he's the he's the Prince Charles to Helen Mirren's queen in Oh my god. He's in the Peter Morgan Mafia. Do and they just do they pick these people over and over again because it's a way quicker onboarding process? because cuz they're great at it. <laughs> they're absolutely great at it. And I'm going to run through thing I'm going to run through these really quick cuz they deserve to be mentioned. They're really great performers. Uh these are the Sons in order. And by cast member, we have Nicholas Kolikos as Ruben, Jeff Blumenkrantz as Simeon, David J. Higgins as Levi, Sean Henson as Naftali. Patrick Clancy as Issachar, Martin Callahan as Asher, Sebastian Torquia as Dan, Michael Small as Zebulun, Peter Chalice as Gad, Nick Holmes as Benjamin, Jerry McIntyre as Judah. We also had the lovely Amanda Courtney Davies as the Apache dancer, but she's also one of the main wives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's the thing, guys. A lot of these performers are repurposed heavily. All of the extras are the brothers and their wives. Yeah. Like, in scenes where they're not playing the brothers, they're just in the chorus. And when they're not playing the wives, they're just several... De- it, the women are the unsung heroes of this show. they really are because they, they do like every number in a different getup. And I'm like, I get that it's filmed. But imagine doing this with an actual cast <laughs> with an actual company and like an audience uh, and like a live uh, show. and you say also, the stage production and this film production also includes wrangling a company of children. <gasps> Even the Broadway version has a gaggle of children to do the vocals. No, I remember. I remember when they did it at the high school when I was still in elementary school. Lots of kids, huh? Ted came to our school And was picking kids? And was picking kids out of our music class! Oh my god. To be in the show! One of the girls that got picked broke her leg when the stairs collapsed during a show! Oh no. (laughs) Oh no. Can you say lawsuit? (laughs) Alright, we gotta get started. We, We have to talk more about the pretty coat. We opened? In a school. A religious private school. We're, we're, we're framing this in the scope of a school play that is taking place on this day. The staff is trying to wrangle all these children into the auditorium. Everyone's taken their seat. I love that most of the cast members are just staff members of the school. I love the idea that you just go to the auditorium for a day. And everyone, all of your teachers have put on a play for you. Yeah, because Joan Collins walks in. She's like the music teacher. And like she sits down and starts to play the piano. And like the headmaster, Richard Attenborough, Mm -hmm. walks in. And then like the more accredited teachers like, you know, Robert Torty and Ian McNeese and Christopher Biggins, Like... And Alex Jennings, of course. (laughs) And I I love all of the wives and sons are sitting around the edge. Yeah, they're other faculty. Uh Uh-huh. And like, we're waiting on somebody. We are. Everybody, everybody's sitting down, absolutely quiet. Bueller. Bueller. (laughs) And then the doors swing open to reveal who Carrie Anne, the narrator. I wonder. I w- I wish we had like a name for her. I I'm c- probably gonna call her Maria a couple of times. I, mean, I honestly think that should be the character's name, right? Maria. Like, Maria. And like she's styled big '90s platinum blonde pixie cut. She's so cute. That adorable tooth gap of hers. I know. Oh my god! I cannot. I'm such a good singer. She is. I love how she runs in and she drops that Bible. But she does it kind of purposefully. You think it's so the kids will trust her, Willy Wonka? I do. (laughs) I do, actually. (laughs) Because they're surrounded by all this austerity, right? Yeah. And they're going to be, like, not listening to her and bored. You know, I guess, like, this that's the point of this whole thing, because everyone's very stuffy, so she's here to put everybody at ease. We're going to have a good time. And didn't you just say a couple minutes ago that you felt like she was a parent or a teacher, someone you could trust? Exactly. This is the prologue. And the narrator, she's welcoming us all to the show. She's priming us for the story we're about to hear. Now I don't say who is wrong, who is right. But if
1: by chance you are here for the night, then all
0: I need is an hour or two to tell the tale of a dreamer like you. I can't believe I'm tearing up. I know, it's because because this is safe. We know what's coming. <laughs> it's gonna be fun. It's fun every single time. And like, this is also one of my dream roles as the narrator. You should be, baby. Like, <laughs> find a local production. Like, <laughs> see if it's worth your time because I'd love to see I, you do this. Oh, I'd have so much fun. And then, guys, she runs to the back of the auditorium and she's gonna, she's, gonna, she's gonna introduce the star. Here we fucking go. The fog. The, the, <laughs> the fog coming through the doors and she opens those doors up and all the blue light. Oh, and we go into Any Dream Will Do. I closed my
1: eyes
2: Drew back the curtain To see for certain
0: What I thought I knew this is Donny Osmond's, like, biggest thing. Yeah. He, I think he sings. I think that he's still living off of any dream will do money. I, I, <laughs> I don't see why he wouldn't be. You know, I think this got certified. This single. What? any dream will do like his version of it i yeah oh, wow or something i need to do more research on that but i thought i read that but like it's the earnestness for us right and like the way all of these children are just enchanted and transported by him you know it's it, he might as well be jesus look at him yeah you I know, know what i
1: mean May i return, May I return. to the beginning
2: Any dream world
0: I just love this song. It's so pure. He's saying, no matter what dream you have, any dream is good to have because <sighs> it's the beginning of beautiful things. and you know, uh, if if you're listening to the soundtrack apart from this, I want you to listen to this you know second song here because it's going to be very prevalent you'll realize as we get closer to the end of the show and then you know what you know what i absolutely love is it going to be the music vamp oh. It gets me going every time. We're going back into the Bible, baby. Oh my! The way I love the cut as she goes up, as it transitions from auditorium stage to sound stage. Yes, it's so immersive, right? Way, way back, many centuries ago. Not long after the
1: Bible began, Jacob lived in the land of Canaan, a fine example of a family man. Jacob,
0: Jacob, and son. So fun right <laughs> off the bat. Aren't you living? Like, I know it's Genesis, right? But, like, I feel like this is what Andrew Lloyd Whipper is trying to do to us. That's what you do when you read the first book of the Bible, right? It's rejoiceful and full of life, and the Lord is here. And that's how I feel Maria's treating us right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we're getting all the exposition on Jacob of Israel and his family, which is actually a very big deal because Jacob's sons would go on to sire the 12 tribes. Of Israel. Hate that. I know. I hate the word sire. But, but you know, I know what you mean. <laughs> they're literally building. <laughs> like their racehorses. <laughs> <laughs> they're literally building a new nation. Exactly. Jacob and sons. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the first Monpa! <ma> <laughs> Canaan was the first mon pa. Oh, God. Can you imagine? And, guys, again, like we said, th- th- this narrative is very condensed. Um, they pack all the brothers in here. Oh, they sure do. In the Bible, at the time the story begins, Joseph is the youngest son, but in this version, we also have his little brother, Benjamin. Who was already born. Yeah, he was already born in this version of the story. And as a matter of fact, he comes before Joseph in this staging, so. Yeah. Or at least he's said he's said before Joseph, but. <laughs> Which brings me to my next note. Ross, can you name all of Jacob's sons? Reuben! <laughs> so much. It's so catchy. I know no one cares, but Jacob also had a daughter named Dinah. But no one ever wants to talk about the girls. Like, look it up. Oh. Now we're getting into the fact that Joseph was Jacob's favorite because he loved Rachel very much. Mm-hmm. And they tried for years to have a son, but she couldn't conceive. But then she does and that is why Joseph is looked at as their miracle child. Notice how none of the other wives or handmaids are coming into play here. Uh-huh. Don't want to talk about it, do we, Andrew? chosen mm, Joseph's mother. She was quite my favorite wife. (laughs) He reminded me of her. It's very sweet. You know, Jacob sees in Joseph that he is the promise of the next generation. Fuck all these other sons. Yeah, while the other brothers are tending in the fields, Joseph is being taught to read, do math, things that he never would have learned otherwise. Mm -hmm. In the Bible, I think it's actually his mother Rachel that makes the golden coat for him. You're damn right she was. Or at least it's like blue and Gold, like... I forget what the biblical description of the coat is, but... Blue, gold, purple, like, colors that were super hard to make. Super super rare in nature, too. That, like That's why purple is associated with regality, because it was expensive. So he'd stand out. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I know. In this one, we get a rainbow coat, and Dad buys it for him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the coat is rainbow. That's one of the funniest things. Jacob gives Joseph the coat, and, like, all the brothers are surrounding him, and I love this, because they all grab the edges of that coat and fan them out <laughs> so he looks like the rainbow loading symbol on a Mac. He looks like a goddamn peacock. I love this. Oh, he looks like the pinwheel of death. I look handsome, I look smart,
2: I am a walking work of art, such a dazzling coat of many colors, how I love my coat of many colors.
0: I look handsome, I look smart, I am a walking work of art. (laughs) This is the gayest (laughs) musical about God I've ever seen. Here's the thing, I am both 100% over him and obsessed with him at the same time. Right? Because he's feeling himself so hard, but at the same time I'm like, Joe... Shut up for a little bit, you know? Like, he's already the favorite, and the fact that he's getting this big fancy coat just kind of makes... That that puts it over the edge for the brothers. Yeah, no, they're all suffering immense ego deaths <laughs> oh, with every God. step that Joseph takes. Can you do all the colors? Can I, can I name all the colors? You want to do it with him? Okay. All right, let's try this out. It was red and and yellow and and green and brown and scarlet and black and ochre and peach and ruby
1: and olive and violet and fawn and violet and gold and chocolate and
2: mold and cream and crimson and silver and rose and azure and lemon
0: and russet and gray and purple and white and pink and orange and blue. Yes. (laughs) Good job, baby. Double high five. I love it. (laughs) I love us. I love us too. <laughs> I love that because we go into the next song, right? And <laughs> Maria just goes, Joseph's coat annoyed his brothers. But
2: what, what makes us mad are the things that
1: Joseph tells us of the dreams he's often had.
0: Oh god, Joseph's gonna dream again. Oh, these ridiculously arbitrary dreams that Joseph has that sometimes end up coming true. Like in the animated movie, they do that one where he dreams about the wolves attacking the sheep. Uh Uh-huh. And then it happens the next day. Just so you all know, she's referencing the really bad sequel to the Prince of Egypt that Dreamworks made. Yes, I am. Also, you guessed it, direct video. starring Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> ah! No. Hate it. Yeah, that's where I'm pulling that from. They they, <laughs> they show that in that animated movie. Like there's parts of that movie that are good, but like I'm like eh. <laughs> It's got all the animation qualities of a bad Disney sequel. I know. He, he also he has this dream about his brothers bringing in sheaves of wheat. And they set them down on the ground, and all the sheaves fall over and bow to him. But it's not wheat here, is it? No, it's corn. It's dancing corn. Oh, no. All the wives have turned into stalks of corn, and they are serving camp. Oh, no. <laughs> Guys, we have ballerinas dressed as stalks of corn. I can't. I, it's it's beautiful. I, I, whoever, I need to figure out. I didn't do enough research, and I should have. I need to find the production designer on this <laughs> and get together with them so I can give them a hug and say thank you. (laughs) Because this has been amazing and I've always had it. The camp of it all.
2: I dreamed that in the fields one day the corn gave me a sign. Your eleven sheets of corn all turned and bowed to mine. My sheaf was quite a sight to see. A golden sheaf and tall... Yours were green and second rate, and really
0: rather small. They're so mad. Oh, I know. And you know what? I kind of get it. Yeah. I kind of get it. But, like, the lengths they are about to go to... Oh, boy. The dream, the dream, the dream, the dream... Oh, I know. We have, like, this little, like, Broadway intrigue thing going on. What's with the jazz, guys? Yeah, it's very jazzy. There's lots of snapping. (laughs) What is this, West Side Story? They're planning bad things. Yeah. I like the idea of planning bad things to jazz. (laughs) Let's misbehave. <laughs> He's a streak. <laughs> yeah. The accuracy
2: of the dreams, we brothers do not know. But what we are sure about? The dreamer.
1: Dreamer. The dreamer.
2: Dreamer. The
1: dreamer. Dreamer. The dreamer. Dreamer.
0: This takes us into poor, poor Joseph. I've never cared for this number. Oh, no. I think they're going for, like, a Beastie Boys vibe here. I know. What's with the... uh, Is this supposed to be hip-hop? Like, Like, what's happening? the sunglasses and the call and response. I know. But it's, like, so not landing. And, like... The best part of this number is Maria. Oh, absolutely. Every (laughs) time. Every time. Next day, far from home, the brothers plan their repulsive crime. That's us.
1: Rapping down, it, oh, the time.
2: Hi, okay. guys. Hey,
1: hey,
2: hey. Hey, hey. hey! Did, I The
0: well. The yeah, they just throw him in that well. Yeah, the- brothers ambush him one day by the well hi guys (laughs) they just push him in the well they take his coat and then they sell him to traffickers yeah and then they tear up his coat and put lamb's blood all over it to make it look like he was murdered. Or mauled by an animal. Oh, that beautiful coat. Jacob spent a lot of money on that coat. This song kind of allows you to push down the real feelings here because they sold their brother into slavery. You know, this is just one of those laughable moments because it's so stupid. I, I love the lot. You just have to play it for me.
1: Then the Israelite. Ah! With a slave in toe Ah, To Egypt where Joseph was not keen to go It wouldn't be a picnic, he could tell
0: And I don't speak Egyptian very well And I don't speak Egyptian very well (laughs) I believe it, Donnie, I believe it Like, remember in the animated movie When the traffickers are leading him away And he's looking at his brothers going How could you do this? I'm your brother. I know. And then Judah looks at him and goes, half brother. I, I love that we're softening the blow here with um, with callin response. Oh, no. But at the same time, yeah, Joseph was trafficked, guys. Like, by his own flesh and blood. If you ever did that to me, I'd find you and kill you. <laughs> well, good thing I would never do that to you. Okay, Ross. <laughs> One of my favorite numbers. One of my favorite numbers. <laughs> Guys, all of a sudden, there's cacti. <laughs> Who? What? Where did the wild, wild west come from? He's sitting in a chair that says Jacob and Sons on the top of it. With, like, cow skulls on top of it. By he, I mean Jacob, of course. And, like, how more ponderosa can it get? So this takes us into One More Angel in Heaven. This is sick. No, yeah. But it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. And I love Nick Calicos, the guy that plays Reuben. Yeah, because this is principally Reuben's song. This is a really, he does a really great job. He sings it well. You see there's one more angel. Angel in heaven, there's one more star in the sky. Joseph will never forget you. It's tough, but we're gonna get by and it's very, it's funny it is. it's why is it so funny like because they, this is a horrible thing they are lying to their father about their about his favorite son being murdered they sold him into slavery and then told him that he died fighting a goat i mean what would you tell dad? Well, I wouldn't tell him he died fighting a goat. <laughs> I'd have a better story than that. I know that's so fun when he when he gets his wife involved to add feeling. The way Rubens' wife takes this coat and begins wailing. <laughs> so- Take some man who knows no fear to wrestle with a goat. With a goat. <laughs> <laughs> so then, what happens, Ross? Jacob's not five feet away before they break loose. Oh yeah, Jacob walks away, coat in hand, all crying and everything, and as soon as he's out of earshot, we are turning it up. It's like this song has a total B-side. This is like, not a prairie hoedown, (laughs) but like, a plains hoedown. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? We're literally doing backflips. We might as well be in the, you know, the the top part of Texas. Yeah. I feel like that's where we are. The stovepipe of half of Texas. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. are tearing it up they are all wearing matching red cowboy boots oh it's so camp having a fucking (laughs) hoedown i can't stand it this is awful (laughs) (laughs) they're dancing they're so happy he's dead they're so happy he's probably gonna die yeah like it's so awful how bad could he have possibly been guys it's Bonnie Osmond, for Christ's <laughs> sake. I get it. He was a little <laughs> annoying, but not that annoying when they have torn the coat and everyone's wearing a specific part of the coat as part of their outfit. Yeah, Asher's got like the- The the, clo- the, the cloak of it? The the, the the tail of it on? The trunk. He's got the trunk and the tail. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm like, first of all, I'm like, go off, Asher, because <laughs> yeah. he is leading this ensemble spectacularly. Guys, we have to talk about Potiphar. Okay, this whole sequence, I guess it's based on some sort of... What would you say the vibe is here? It's like American Psycho meets Tim Burton. It's like, but it's supposed to be like, what, 20s? Like, yeah, like, but like everything's black and white. And, like do the Charleston type of shit. Like, like, like really severe. There's lots of wingtips and uh, suspenders. It's like someone mixed the American 20s with ancient Egypt. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's really weird. And the song is like a kind of like a burlesque genre. It has moods. But the thing I love most about Maria and every song, like a lot of them, she does sing it in her own voice. But this is one of the songs that she sings in a funny voice, <laughs> like with, like the rest of them do, like all of Potipharites. Not is Potipharites. that what you'd call them? No, I don't know. No. But all of these, you know, rich Egyptians. Potiphar
2: had very few cares. He was one of Egypt's millionaires. Having made a fortune, buying shares in
0: pyramids. Potiphar was... One of the biggest investors in ancient Egypt, he owned part of the Nile. Yeah, like he was the captain of Pharaoh's guard. Yeah, like like he was a very big damn deal. Like, dare I say, Pharaoh's favorite? Oh dear. Yeah, I know. (laughs) And like, I again, I love how they've gotten the most out of the brothers. The brothers know. <laughs> are irrecognizable in these getups. He is symbolizing the greed of Egypt, you know? Like, yeah, which I'm not cool with fat people being associated with greed, but that's another conversation. But at the beginning, Potiphar loved Joseph as a servant. Like, in, in, the, in the actual biblical story, there's a lot that needs to happen before Joseph falls into Potiphar's favor. Like, there's a lot of brutality between getting to Egypt and... And becoming one of Potiphar's faves, you know. But once he gets there, Potiphar realizes that he, he can, has an education. He can do math. He can read and write Egyptian. Like, like, and so instead of putting him out there with the rest of the Hebrews, he's going to bring him inside into his palace and have him run the household. The way they've dressed Donny Osmond. <laughs> the way they've dressed Joseph. <laughs> with that big, wide, white collar. I know. Oh, God. And the way... He's not wearing a shirt. He is so happy to be the new officer. Temp. He really is. <laughs> Joseph was an unimportant slave who found he liked his master,
2: consequently worked much harder, even with devotion. Potiphar could see that Joseph was a cutter for the average native leader of his house of maximum commotion.
0: Softening the brutality, Andrew, we get it. Uh, God. But speaking of brutality, we have to talk about Potiphar's wife. Okay. All right. Okay. You get exactly 30 seconds to talk about Joan Collins' outfit, and then that's the end of it. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. Dame Joan Collins as Mrs. Potiphar is one of the hottest things I've ever fucking seen in my life. She's giving camp. She's giving Egypt. She's giving Charleston. She's giving She's giving Norma Desmond. Like, I, I don't know how else to put it. She looks so fucking good. I, I don't even know how old she's supposed to be in 1999, but she is looking fantastic. She's got all of the... All, she's got all her girlies and groupies around her. Like, everybody's wearing pasties, but yeah. at the same time wearing shirts. Like, why is this sequence so sexual? I know why it's so sexual. It's because it's about temptation, and it's about lust. But, like, oh my God, her lips. I have to stop. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, like, also, like, the really long cigarette holder and the... F- and the, the- Mm, The reflective black dress. Oh, the sequins. I I love it. Could it it get gayer? Like, it's so good. And like, guys, there's no other way to say it. She's into Joseph. She's leching after Joseph. Like, she thinks that Joseph's the hot new office temp. Joseph is, let's just say this for Joseph, actively rejecting her. Yeah, in most interpretations of the Bible, he actively rejects her. There are some interpretations where that's left open. But uh, I don't really care because she's his boss's wife and this is weaponized sexual harassment. Joseph's looks and handsome figure
1: had attracted her attention. Every morning she would beckon. Her-
2: Come and lie with me, love. Joseph wanted to resist her till one day she proved too eager. Joseph cried in vain. Stop, I don't believe in free love.
0: <gasps> Pity. When she says pity, I have to remind myself that she's a predator. Uh, Yeah, that's the thing, guys, is that she does kind of prey on him. What is he supposed to do? Say no. Attack her? Yeah. She's Potiphar's wife. And, like, we go into the full-on, like, orgy, like the simulated orgy. I love this because (laughs) the ceiling shot of the orgy, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's all of the faculty members rubbing up against each other. Is this happening on stage in front of all the kids? Like, what are we supposed to believe? Potiphar like interrupts. He bursts in. And like of course in the story in the biblical story, Potiphar's wife makes up a lie that he forced himself on her. I know. And wh- who's he going to believe? Right? Exactly. So And so Joseph is immediately hauled off to prison. Locked Oh, and guys, guys, we've hit the oh, low point. Hit, literally, him falling down the shaft of the cell, like... <laughs> Yelling? Uh, I know, <laughs> it's really corny, but it's fine. Guys, this takes us into Close Every Door. I lied. He's probably known more for this. Oh no, yeah, this is the song. I bet he's still living on Close Every Door to me money. Close every door to me
2: Keep those I love from me Children of Israel are never.
0: Every Door is just objectively one of the best songs that's ever been written for a musical. Like, whether you're a Christian or not, I don't give a shit. This is a, quote, <clears throat> God-tier song. Listen, I know he only spends two songs down here. But in the Bible, guys, he's in prison for a very, very long time. Like, months, at least, if not years. They throw him in jail and he's basically like, "Oh, what? What? I'm still special! Oh, <laughs> but Ross, he didn't do anything wrong! No, he literally didn't. Like, for God's sake! No, 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 no. Literally! For God's sake, literally. And so, yeah, the whole tone of this song is basically... It doesn't matter if you lock me up. You know, God gave me these dreams. I'm special. And people like me, children of Israel, we always have God on our side. He's down here with me right now. This is where Donny Osmond really gets to shine, both from an acting perspective and a singing perspective, right? The children singing with the candles is a little creepy. Yeah, I don't care for that. <laughs> like, he, he, could, we could do without that. I mean, I, here's the thing. Why do children have to be involved at all? <laughs> yeah, I know. I understand it's to be in the spirit of the stage production, but like... Yeah, it's to immerse us. I mean, I guess this is like a Sunday school multi-genre opera. <laughs> yeah, this is the tape that the Bible school teacher puts in when they've had too many rum and Cokes the night before. <laughs> It's great. Uh, you know what, Donnie? There's literally no one else for this role. Yeah. There is a magic that only Donnie fucking Osmond can bring to this. Like, you know what Joseph also has down here in Potiphar's prison? What's that? Potiphar's prison community. Yeah, there's just a bunch of <laughs> random prisoners that come out of the dark. I want to go or I want to go into the universe where this is happening. <laughs> where this is happening. This production is happening. Specifically. And talk about why they're in. Yeah, talk know, about who's in for what you, you, know? wanna, you wanna know I mean it's stuff that could be as arbitrary as looking at an Egyptian guard the wrong way in the bible he's got two cellmates yeah, right mm-hmm. pharaoh's butler and pharaoh's baker wow did the household fuck up yeah for real <laughs> I, why are they down here I don't know I bet it's a stupid arbitrary reason exactly and, you know like you know, in the olden days when the king would just be like throw them in the brig for how long I don't care until they learn right you know like the baker and the butler have both had dreams that trouble them, right? And Joseph's like, okay. Hey, I actually am in the dream business. Yeah. (laughs) Tell me about your dreams and I'll tell you what they mean. Would you like a card? I'm Joseph, son of Jacob. (laughs) I come from Canaan. (laughs) Jacob and sons. Yeah, Jacob and sons. It's a ma and pa. (laughs) Yeah, it's just a bit east of here. Do you want to describe the butler's dream? Okay, so the butler, Alex Jennings, (laughs) I love it. The butler tells Joseph, there I was standing in front of a vine. I picked some grapes and I crushed them
2: to wine. I gave them to Pharaoh, who drank from my cup. I tried
0: to interpret, but I had to give up. And he's like, okay, what a weird specific dream you feel like needs breaking down, but (laughs) here we go. But yeah, Joseph tells him, the three days, the three vines, that means you're going to get out in three days. Oh, good fortunes, good fortune. Oh my God, he's a regular Olivia Caliban. (laughs) Real Madam Cleo shit. And then we have the baker, Christopher Biggins. The baker has got kind of a different dream. The baker tells Joseph that he was standing in the middle of the desert with baskets of bread. High in the sky saw birds overhead. (laughs) The, The birds descend upon him and eat all of his bread. They really glaze over this in this uh, in this version because in the animated one I watched, they kill him. The birds peck him to death. I know, yeah. Like it's really violent. <laughs> what does it mean? Joseph is just like, <gasps> <Ugh. laughs> oh no. Listen, Queen. Oh. Um,
2: Sad to say, your dream is not the kind of dream I'd like to get. Pharaoh has it in for you, your execution date is set. Don't rely on all I said I saw. It's just that I have not
0: been wrong
2: before.
0: Oh no. So Baker passes out, and then absolute favorite fucking moment, guys. Oh guys, we go from like all muted colors, practically black and blue, to a 60s pop number. It's a go-go club, everybody. Uh, oh my god! We're turning the prison into a camp go-go club. The fashion in this number! When the fucking percussion starts going. Go, go, jump. Go, go, Joe! Go! Go! Jump. go,
2: go
1: jump.
0: All of the wives and the sons and (laughs) any other possible extras. As a matter of fact, I love this because remember how we used to like to pick out our favorite ones? Because every single ensemble member, every single company member has a different go-go look. Like, it's so amazing. The big hair, the wide pant legs, the platform shoes. Like, just the absolute ridiculous... It's like we're in a Seuss story. You know what I mean? Like, everyone just... The silhouettes. All of these silhouettes are just amazing. Everyone has a great shape. (laughs) Let's talk about our favorite background member of this song, okay? (laughs) Guys, It comes to a point where the narrator and Joseph are singing in each other's faces. Go, 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 Joe! Out of nowhere, down the middle of the scene comes hippie god (laughs) it's god it has to be god right who else would it be it's god and he is a hippie and you cannot tell me otherwise (laughs) he literally looks like one of those nomad hippies in the 60s with the long robes and the long unkempt hair and the round colored glasses he literally puts lays on Maria and Joseph oh my god (laughs) and like I just it's Dan yeah it is Dan it's the guy that plays Dan (laughs) And this is another song that loves its dramatic pause, before the end of the song. And everyone, like, rushes back to the middle of the stage to sing the last note. What an Act 1 closer! Oh my god! And yes, folks, we've only reached the end of act one. Can you believe that we're on our second can of Mountain Dew? Guys, we're so amped. <laughs> oh, it's colder. Yeah, we're juicing up. We're juicing up for act two. Rock of fuel. I'm going to be up. <laughs> it's 10.15. <10:15. laughs> so, guys, the second act of the show opens with... Pharaoh's story. Listen, I love it when there's a huge Act 1 closer and a nice, chill Act 2 opener. Yeah, it's like the Ghibli thing, remember? Mm. The the ma? The ma. Yes. We're taking a moment. (laughs) (laughs) Something big just happened and we should take a minute. Yeah, Maria, the narrator, she's like, okay, kids, gather round. I know that was really rough, but stuff's about to get a lot more fun. This is one of my favorite songs in the show. It really is mine as well, because she's just like, guys, things are about to get so much better for him. Because it's a huge it's not a huge musical number. It's literally just Maria and the kids being chill for a second. Yeah. She's going to she's gonna take us into the next part of this narrative. This is just, you know, Maria kind of explaining to the kids who Pharaoh is, what his power is about.
1: When Pharaoh's around, then you get down on the ground. If you ever
2: find yourself near Ramesses.
0: Get down on your knees. And then we go into Poor, Poor Pharaoh, which we're going to glaze over this one because it's all exposition. Because when the butler left the prison, Joseph made him promise to tell Pharaoh about him. Tell Pharaoh about me. Tell Pharaoh about my gift. Yes. And the butler keeps his promise. Seven years later. Yes, yeah, seven <laughs> friggin' years later. When the when the pharaoh has a very troubling dream, or a series of dreams, actually. Yes, yes. The, the butler, I love this. The butler taps him on the shoulder and goes, I know of a bloke in jail who is hot on
2: dreams, could explain old pharaoh's tale. <laughs>
0: Well, that's this Joseph man I need him to help me if he can Robert Torty, <laughs> you did not have to go this hard. Why are you this good in this and so-so in other things? I don't like, know, man. Maybe he was just meant for the stage. I know it. Like, And so he says, bring him to me. Bring me this man. And here comes Joe. Oh, God. The, this, the dramatic musical vamp where Maria is practically screaming. Maria! Taylor!
2: Service to Pharaoh has begun Tell me your problems, mighty one
0: Pharaoh is in the building! The butler takes off his crown and he's fucking Elvis? Yeah, like. guys, if you didn't guess it by now, we're gonna do an Elvis rock number. Well, I was wandering along the banks of the
2: river. Seven fat cows came out of the Nile. Oh, I'm so weird. And right behind, fine, <sau-de> <upührt> healthy
0: animals. And seven other cows that were skinny and vile. Oh, I'm so bad. I love it. <laughs> I don't remember at what point in the song it happens, but at one point, because one of those things he's holding is a microphone. Indeed. And he just leans into the microphone, and he goes, let me show you how to rock and roll in, in Egypt. Egypt. I'm like, oh my God! The camp, the this, camp. This is It's so much fun. I know that there are creepy things happening here to Pharaoh. What's he dreaming about? hes He had a dream that... it, it the, the dreams are kind of similar. In the first dream... Seven fat cows just walked out of the Nile. Just like, hi, we're here. And uh, they were there. And then all of a sudden, these seven sickly cows followed them out of the Nile. And the sickly cows devoured the healthy cows, but they didn't get any better. They didn't get any healthier. Mm -hmm. They just remained sickly. And then it's the same thing with a dream about a stalk of wheat or corn or whatever. It's plants. There's seven stalks of corn Mm -hmm. and they're growing really well. And then these... Really dried up, dead stalks of corn come out of the ground and devour the healthy stalks. Mm-hmm. And then they just wither away and die. And so it seems like we've got some repeating themes here. I, the, the number seven, famine, and plenty. I just love that the implication here is that Pharaoh's never had a nightmare before. <laughs> I know. You know what I mean? Like, I know. really? You're the most powerful man in the world, not one nightmare. <laughs> God. Like, okay. You know what my favorite thing about Pharaoh's costume is? The chest plate he's got on has embossed gold nipples. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I must also say, you know, all of the talent in this movie is great, but the real stars of this movie are everyone's nipples. <laughs> There's a lot of nip in this. Yeah, I know. You know what I mean? Good. Even Joan Collins is in pasties. <laughs> Joseph, he has it in 30 seconds. I know. He says, Hey, 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 Joseph. Hey, 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 Joseph. Oh. Bob. Oh, my God. <laughs> but then you're right. It clicks for Joseph. So what Joseph is saying is that, listen, we're going to have seven years of surplus crops. It's going to be amazing. We're going to have more food than we know what to do with. And we're going to save it. Yeah, because the next seven years are going to be seven years of famine. So Joseph is actually really smart. He proposes that Pharaoh take a fifth of the crop. During the years of plenty and stores it under guard. And then when the famine arrives, we ration it out to the people so nobody starves. Mm-hmm. He might have single handedly saved Egypt. Uh, but then Joseph su- suggests that what Pharaoh needs is a right hand man <laughs> someone with a flair for economic planning. <laughs> but who this man could be,
2: I just don't know. Could this man could be, I just don't know. This man could be, I just don't know. Who this man could be, I just don't know.
0: Joe! Oh. I love how they literally could have had a VA to themselves. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Oh, my God. I I love it. So, guys, you guessed it. Joseph is made like the second most powerful man in Egypt. The Joseph fangirling. Oh. Joseph, how how can we we ever ever say? (laughs) They're grabbing at him. Can we talk about how these uh, Egypt groupies are nude? A little bit. Like, they literally have just, like, the brass clam over their hoo Uh-huh. And then just, they're wearing netting and pasties. It's a nude illusion. I know. Uh, they're obviously wearing bodysuits underneath <laughs> that, but they look super nakey. I think they're supposed to be concubines. I, uh, <sighs> and I love the end of this song because it ramps up so fast with the narrator explaining all these great things that happened to Joseph, and she just, the way she turns to all the kids and goes, Joseph. Joseph number 2 number Jose each of look to you
2: Joseph. arrow number 2 Joseph. each of to you Jose
0: oh. and i like how maria stops the number cold To go all but remember? Remember those fucks he used to live with that sold him into slavery? Yeah, that family he left behind? Girl. I know. I have one question for you. What the fuck is this? (laughs) We go back to Canaan. This takes us into those old Canaan days let's talk about the vibe let's talk about the genre it's um not like this French Moroccan motif I, going on i I I don't know this is quite literally Tim and Andy trying to make the word limit I think like <laughs> or to you know what I mean they're trying to make the word count like I I, I w- was this necessary I don't think this number was or necessary if it was necessary to go back to the brothers for a second could we have done it differently yeah like I don't get me wrong this song's good it's just I don't particularly care for. That's just me. <laughs> That's just me personally. You guys can like it if you want. But mostly filler. <laughs> it's, yes, yeah, it's mostly filler. And like, guys, in the timeline, we are now in the seven years of famine. And the Canaanites are not having a good time. There's no food. and This is where Simeon takes point, right? This yeah, is Simeon's song. This is Simeon song. Do
2: you remember the good years in Canaan? The summers were endlessly gold. May we. The fields were a patchwork of clover.
1: I love it.
2: The winters were never too
0: cold. (laughs) Oh, man. It's so funny. It is. (laughs) Even in this horrible low moment, it's still so funny. They're all doing it in French accents, and it's so weird. <laughs> like, Simeon's literally smoking a cigarette. Like, it's more laughable than anything. I'm not even soaking in any of their pain. I'm just... <laughs> no, that's okay. We don't feel pain for uh, traffickers I, 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 on this podcast. I really don't. Yeah, no.
2: Those days we used to know.
0: Every time they hit that, dude, it gets longer every time. I love it so much. <laughs> and they're really good together. They are. They all have great chemistry. It's an impeccable performance. I just, I'm just, i just like, what the fuck? But let's talk about the crown jewel of this song. Indeed. Amanda Courtney Davies. Oh, my God. You know Amanda Courtney Davis. She is spectacular. She is an Apache dancer. Yeah, because for some reason, I guess the implication is that the only thing to do is sit around, get drunk, and hang out with women. Yeah, and watch them dance around. Uh Uh-huh. She comes out and starts doing this whole number with Zebulon. I like Zebulon. Oh, yeah. Zebulon is like the acrobat of the group. He's also the hottest faculty member. (laughs) He really is. (laughs) Out of his Canaanite garb. (laughs) (laughs) And like, just, I don't understand what's happening here. Is she a sex worker? What's happening? But you know what? Amanda Courtney Davies is also the hottest female faculty member. Yeah, she really is. And like when when he pulls her into that upside-down split. Oh my god, and they cover Benjamin's eyes, because he's the youngest. <laughs> or the youngest that's with them. Uh-huh. End of the song, Jacob literally retires to his chambers with Amanda Courtney Davies. I I <laughs> He's like he's looking at them like I'm about to get laid. Cuz shit's probably hardest on Jacob. Yeah. Like he he hasn't had his favorite son in years and years and like now now all he's doing is drinking and having sex with Amanda Courtney Davies. Yeah, yeah. Like I I did have written down What does Rachel think about this? But here's the thing. Rachel's not here. Rachel, I believe at this point in the timeline, is deceased. Oh. Like Rachel- Yeah, that had to be hard on Joseph when he learned that. Yeah. Yeah, God. Okay. So the brothers decide, hey, you know what? Shit's really bad here, but you know where things aren't very bad? The United States. No. I'm sorry. (laughs) Egypt. Yes. They're like, hey, they've got food, they've got liquor, let's go. Yeah, let's fucking go, guys. Let's get something to eat. This takes us into... It's like they're going out. (laughs) It's like they're going to fucking Sizzler or something. (laughs) God. So yeah, they go straight to Egypt.
1: So they all lay before (laughs) Joseph's (laughs) feet. Mighty prince, give us something to eat. (laughs) Joseph found it a strain not a lie.
2: Now take them all for a ride After all they have tried fratricide
0: Joseph's got a new look, and oh. it's great. Oh, it is. He's got, like, the cap on that's all gold. I know. Oh, and he's wearing all the gold body plates. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. But grief. he's actually wearing little, and I'm okay with it. Yeah, I know. Wearing very little. And, like, it's been 20 years since he's seen his brothers. Yeah, or something like that, yeah. No, it has been 20 years. And now they're all here at his feet asking for food, and they don't recognize him. He's laughing. He thinks it's funny. They have no idea who he is. Yeah. And this takes us into Grovel. How do I know
2: who you are? Why do you think I should help you? Would you help me? Yes! Why on earth should I believe you? I've no guarantee. Gravel grovel, house to fall. Worship,
1: worship, make Neil sponge crawl. Crawl.
0: Joseph has got a set of balls on him now. He's got all the might of Pharaoh behind him. Mm -hmm. Like... See, now, but here in the story, in the Bible story... They tell Joseph, we need this food because we left a sick father and little brother at home. Uh huh. And Joseph in the Bible calls bullshit. He goes, you don't have a little brother at home. I'm that little brother, like in his head. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, you're lying because I'm the little brother. And they throw Simeon in jail until the brothers can produce Benjamin. Oh, wow. And like they bring Benjamin to Egypt and Joseph realizes that his mother had another kid. But in this, Benjamin's already here. Yeah, so. <laughs> so he starts giving them corn. Do you love the slot machine that's just chucking out big, giant ears of corn? Isn't that Indiana? <laughs> it does. It's yeah, like a are, slot machine. Aren't we just like the Vegas of corn? <laughs> it's like the. <this. laughs> You know what I mean, like guys. You ever been to Hoosier Park in Anderson? You know what? That's a lie. I shouldn't take that away from Iowa. Iowa is the Vegas of corn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do love the slot machine. I that then... <laughs> gravel, grovel. I bet. I bet Joseph is eating this shit up. Oh my god. Oh my god. He gives them all this food. He fills all these sacks with food for them to take with them back to Canaan. And then he's like, Hold up, I'm gonna be evil. Oh, no. <laughs> they were evil to me. I'm going to be evil to them. Joseph places his personal gold cup in Benjamin's bag. Mm-hmm. Remember in the animated movie, it's so tense. He's like, one of you has stolen from me. Yeah. And he's going down the line slicing all the bags yeah. open. And he slices Benjamin's bag open. And that cup just falls out. Hold on. Hold on. You're taking away the magic. Oh, I know. because <laughs> You're taking away all the fun out of it. When the brothers I love it when they go, no, and they point at the brothers, and the brothers turn around, and then the kids go, no, and then the brothers look at the kids in the audience. <laughs> like, what? Like, there's blue and red lights flashing like the cops are here, and the kids are yelling, Who's the thief? 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 Joseph started searching through his brother's socks. Everyone was nervous. No one could relax!
2: Who's the man? Is it Zebulun? Is
1: it Gad? Is it Judah? Is it him? Could it be, could it be, could it be, could it be, could it, be, could it, be? Could
0: it possibly be Benjamin? Yes, yes, yes! Oh, Benjamin! <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> you nasty thief. <laughs> Your crime has shocked me to the core. He orders the guards to throw Benjamin in a cell. Oh, Joseph. And, like, Joseph takes off up the stairs, and all of the brothers... Run to block his path. Start pleading with him on for Benjamin's knees. life. They're on their knees. Please don't take our little brother. Show him some
2: mercy, O oh one, please. He would not do this. He must have been framed. Jail.
0: Joseph, like, has the cup in his hand, and, like, Benjamin's laid out at his feet, and for a second, you think he might take pity on him. Guys, if you thought it was going to stay serious, no, 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 this is Joseph in the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, and this song is amazing. I have a lot of feelings about this. (laughs) (laughs) But Joseph puts that cup down in front of Benjamin, and a Calypso number starts.
2: Oh no! I need these guild drums sing their song, they singing
0: and you know you get drunk. I hear the yellow bird singing in the tree. This is quite absurd. It's time for Judah to shine. You know, I'm glad that we have a black man singing a Calypso number, Mm -hmm. but it seems kind of- They could have made one of the white guys sing it, but they didn't. Yeah, exactly. But, like, it also feels a little tokenizing. A little bit. So, like, I'm no authority to speak on that. I'm just saying that could be an issue. But, you know, Jerry McIntyre kills it. I know he does. He's so good. Like, of all the number, of all the brothers who get their own number, his is the best. Like- Again, we're in a low moment, but it's so much fun. <laughs> oh my god! La 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 la. <laughs> la. La 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 la. The brothers are literally saying, "Do not put him in jail. Save him. Take me. Yeah. We cannot let this happen to our father again. No, yeah, we can't lose another kid. Like. Yeah, like based on our own actions, we can't. We're the bad people. You have to put us in jail. Oh no.
1: oh
0: Also, I love Maria. Oh, with yeah. With her sunglasses and her fake drink that she's sipping out of. It's like a Mai Tai. I love that they've turned the sound up on the sipping. Yeah. So you hear it over the music. She's being so distracting in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> And my favorite, my absolute favorite moment is when they first start doing the la, 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 la. And Judah is, like, gyrating around Joseph. And they kept it in. Donny Osmond is actively trying not to laugh at Jerry McIntyre. That's why when he gets in his face, that's why Donny Osmond backs him down with his wide eyes. Because he's trying to get him to stop. (laughs) Because he he was supposed to do the choreography with all the other ones, with all the other sons. But he's... Instead doing his own around Joseph, but it's working and the filmmakers keep it like because they're trying to break him. Okay, we got to bring it down for a second. I know this has been a roller coaster up and down, up and down. It's like at the end of the masquerade, everything just turns down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and one more time, the brothers throw themselves at Joseph's feet and say, take us instead. And this is where Joseph finally decides to forgive them all. Joseph knew by this His brothers now were honest
1: men The time had come at last To reunite them all again Can't you
2: recognize my face? Is it hard to see
0: That Joseph, who you thought was dead Your brother is me This is the place where I start crying. Oh, we're family reunited. We're hugging. Joseph forgives all of his brothers. He's not going to throw Benjamin in jail. No. no, no. He's going to send them all back to Egypt with bags full of food. It's going to be good. And he's going to go back with them Mm -hmm. so that he can reunite with his father. Mm -hmm. And this, this, (laughs) the staging of this last part. Oh, I know. Mm, Jacob in Egypt. Yeah, Jacob is wandering through Egypt. I think he's looking for his kids. I think it's funny the amount of times that they probably did this shot because there's fog all over the stage floor, right? Yeah. Because Joseph is riding through the desert in a chariot of gold. Yeah. He's got the actual gold breastplate on, like the one with abs. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And like gold and black eyeliner for days. Oh, and the wings on the chariot move back and forth. Oh, man. Like a pair of scissors. Yeah. (laughs) Cutting through the desert. And the thing is, Jacob collapses while jo- Joseph is riding up to him. But the amount, there's a mat underneath all of that fog Yeah, where Richard Attenborough was supposed to fall. And apparently he had some trouble falling in the right place and just kept <laughs> falling on the stage floor. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> no, do it again. I heard the fall in the boom. Quit making Sir Richard Attenborough fall down over and over again. Joseph gets out of the chariot and helps up his father. And it's almost like, Jacob's not connecting. Yeah, it's like, oh. Like, he can't believe it. It you. Yeah, it really you. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Joseph, Joseph, is it really you? Do you remember what I said when we talked about the second number? What? Any Dream Will Do is, because here's where we're getting the Any Dream Will Do reprise, the, the big finale. And the thing is, if you listen to this song, it's actually a summary of the story that's to come. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just, I, I loved that little detail that you get this finally at the end because Joseph is being very stoic mm-hmm. in this whole number and it's because he's realizing everything has come to pass that he dreamt up.
2: A crash of drums, a flash of light,
0: my golden coat flew out of sight, the colors
2: faded into darkness, I was left
1: alone. I return. I return, to the beginning.
0: Because the whole point of this in the Genesis story is to demonstrate for the first time God's true power inside someone's head. Yeah. Of, like, a, of an individual. Like the strength that the power of God can give someone. It was one of God's first little, you know, dipping his piggies in the water, like, oh, I am all powerful. Yeah. (laughs) You are my chosen people. You know, it's God was literally like giving the Israelites their first hint. Hey, you're my guys. Yeah. Through Joseph. Right. And through the power that he had over the land of Egypt and through Joseph. That's right. Yeah. Richard Attenborough takes the coat and like <laughs> Richard walks Attenborough. Off- Jacob. Yeah. <laughs> Jacob takes the coat. <laughs> it's, it's just Richard Attenborough. It's not even Jacob at this point. Like. He takes the coat, he walks off stage, and Joseph and the narrator have a little duet between it's them. It's so pretty. It's so beautiful. It, God, I can't. I can't. And I love how they're looking right in the camera. They're looking right at us. hmm Still
1: hesitate. Any
0: dream will do Guys, this is my favorite part. Oh, no. Goosebumps on every inch of my skin. Like when Jacob comes back with With all all the the children. And everyone in the cast. Oh, guys, the last bits of this song. Oh, and we've got Give Me My Colored Coat. And he's got the coat back. He's holding it in his arms. We've come full circle. Because this goddamn coat is supposed to symbolize all of the glory of God. (laughs) (laughs) This goddamn coat. This really gay coat. (laughs) Celebrating the power of God. (laughs) I love it. love that they all come under the camera at the top of the stage and they form the star of David. Oh, it's great! And everyone looks up at the camera. Oh! And then just the silence and then Ballistic. Oh, and the Overture horns are back! (laughs) We're getting the credits, we're getting who everybody was. And we're hearing every song from the track again. Yeah, it's just a huge Joseph medley, like... Oh, man! Uh, Guys, I'm on a Mountain Dew high! I know, guys! Guys, that's so much fun! Fun! So much fun! So incredible. We've been oh, I've been waiting for a long time to talk about this. We're gonna have to go upstairs and put it on and dance some of this Mountain Dew off. I know, right? (laughs) We have too much energy right now. (sighs) What do you take away most from this Bible story? You know, I think it sounds Is it forgiveness again? Because that's kind of what I'm feeling. Yeah, no, it is forgiveness. And not only forgiveness, but grace. And making the choice to not exact the same kind of hurt on the person who hurt you. You know, I do kind of feel like we've been on a little bit of a journey here this month because, you know, first we talked about Prince of Egypt, where it's kind of a self-determination story and how it's important for you to keep whatever faith in whatever energy you believe in with you so that you can determine your own path. So you have hope and you have things to look forward to. And then in Jonah, we talked about compassion and mercy, which are two crucial elements... In forgiveness. Yeah. So I kind of feel like it's come full circle. You know, you have to have that self-determination to go forward. You have to have compassion and mercy for people that get in your way. Mm -hmm. And then when they do get in your way in a big way, it's possible to forgive them. Yeah. And to keep going. Yeah. And I mean, guys, you don't always have to forgive some shit you may never get past. And again, we are not practicing Christians. Uh, our faith is not strong with the Christian God, but like it's what we were. It was the thing. It was the closest thing to faith we were raised in was Christianity. Yeah, like we we went to we went to church with our Methodist grandparents, but like other than that, you know, our life at home was pretty Unitarian. <laughs> yeah, <just> you know, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, and then like you know the the the, the stories from the Bible, we end up getting the most out of happened to be children's animated movies and musicals and musicals god a, a special emphasis on the musical part yeah indeed how do you get a couple of gay children to sit still and learn about god joseph and the amazing technicolor dream coat <laughs> that's right that's baby! how you do it <laughs> that is how you do it Oh, my God. Guys, ugh, the talent, the music, Maria Friedman. God. Like, Maria is really, really the MVP here. Like, I, I, that's how I feel. Yeah, no, I mean, Donny Osmond aside, she really is the best performer. I know. And, like... And all those, all those, all the brothers, do, all the ensemble do so well. Like, it's so, it's just a lot of fun, guys. Like, we don't, I, you know, I feel like... A lot of people are brought up in this uncomfortable fire and brimstone way of thinking when it comes to their faith. But, like, it can be fun. Yeah. It can be a little gay. <laughs> I love it! God would want you to make it a little gay. That's right! Don't you think? God don't make trash, right? Yeah. And God made the gays. God doesn't condemn homosexuality. The 1940s do. Yeah, for real. Ri- uh, <laughs> that's a whole nother conversation. God, but we're not Bible scholars, so let's not do that. <laughs> when they changed the Bible to say, thou shall not be a pedophile, to thou shall not be gay. Yeah. I mm, mm, mm. The way we both did the Marge Simpson grown homer come quickly there's a quirked up white boy outside with a little bit of swagger (laughs) is he goaded with the sauce (sighs) investigates in marge simpson (laughs) he might be When anyone in this family has a legitimate religious experience, we ignore it. (laughs) Right, Grandpa? I want bananas on my waffles. We're never gonna stop being this way, are we? No, we're not. Oh my god. You know two hours. I thought I thought about I was like, I wanted to do a viewing party for this with our friends, but then I was like, we're gonna be the only ones that are going, you (laughs) know what I mean? Super into it. (laughs) And then it would just be Ross and Carrie presents. And they're like, (laughs) I'll just listen to the damn show. They're like, no, we're not coming to a viewing party. I'll just listen to the fucking episode next Monday.
1: (laughs) Ah! Oh, my God. Jeez.
0: Oh, my God. Is that a wrap on Bible stories, or are we doing some more? Do you want to do some more? Well, you know, I would like to do some more, but I also kind of want to do, like, an inversion on our Bible stories this month. Oh, okay. Oh, he sees it in my eyes. Oh, you want to go... You want to talk about some facts and evidence, don't you? Uh Uh-huh. Well, quote, facts and evidence. You don't want to talk about this Tolkien shit anymore. No, now listen. (laughs) Now listen. Next week, I kind of thought that we would talk about a movie that was very interesting to me growing up. It is definitely a sea thriller, but it is also very interesting. It's also very swanky. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Guys, next week, we are going to be talking about The Reaping, starring Hilary Swank. I'm kind of excited for this. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Oh, so it's Big, ridiculous. Oh, and Idris Elba will be here. Yeah, Idris Elba and Hilary Swank and Bridge to Terabithia girl. and <laughs> Anna Sophia Robb. Anna Sophia Robb. And the sheriff from The Walking Dead is going to be here too. It's a story about a couple of Bible scholars who try to find scientific explanations for religious phenomena. It's really interesting. I'm excited to watch it again. Yeah, we're going to bring the whole month full circle because we're going to go back to Exodus. Indeed, indeed. Like, it's going to be it's gonna be good. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a little ridiculous, but it's going to be a good time. If Carrie Ann had a fucking time machine, she'd go straight to the plagues. <laughs> she'd really want to see what's going on. I just want to see how it all actually happened. You just want to sing with Ramesses on top of a building. Stop. No, I don't look out for that next week guys in the meantime you can follow us on twitter at kick and stream k-i-c-k-n-s-t-r-e-a-m you can write the show at kicking and streaming podcast at gmail.com that's with an and not an ampersand guys go on over to the patreon take a look at what we got for just five dollars you're gonna get access to our all of our bonus material our long form content we've got golden girls stuff on there now mm-hmm, we're about to have veggie tales yep we're about to do a longer veggie tales episode guys we just we have so many Ideas and not enough time. I know. Get ready though. Get ready. <laughs> Become a little onion at the five. Please. You'll be glad you did. We'd love to have you at our little watch party. Because we'd like to have more tears at some point. Thank you. <laughs> more quality content coming to you from kicking and streaming. Until then, I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And as always, sorry God. God. Got the news. Got the news. Got